Hello and welcome to the Emerald Gamescast episode 33, our first episode since episode 22 with numerical symmetry. My name is Nolan, with me is... I think you're stupid, I don't know. And... I also think you're stupid. My name's Alex. <laughs> Listen, people get excited for episode 50 and episode 100, but nobody talks about 11, 22, and 33, and I think they're far more satisfying. Yeah, because there's saying. only, like, two 50s and 100s. When you're talking about those, there's, like, right. nine well, per. Well, no, we're, 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 when, we're, when Skyrim came out, nobody would shut up for years about, <laughs> 11, like, 11, 11. oh my god, 11, 11, 11, isn't that amazing? I think I hear you two talk about that more than anyone else, to be fair. Well, because I, I mean, are it's... we are we living in like a Skyrim discourse echo chamber? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. yeah. Every morning we wake up and we go, "Hey, we've had some time to think last night. You have any new opinions on Bethesda's fifth Elder Scrolls game?" Well, just isn't it amazing that it came out on eleven, eleven, eleven? It's got a lot of numerical symmetry. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Your roommate comes in and was like, "Are you guys talking about Skyrim's eleven, eleven, eleven again?" Oh no! All right, listen, let me put it a different way. We're one-third of the way to episode 100. Damn. Yeah? Damn. There you go. Well, we graduated, Anyways. but anyway. <laughs> uh, we're here. It is July 10th, and uh, let, me, let me tell you, audience, before we get into this episode, it's been a really slow week for the news. Um, not, not much has happened. In fact, I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys, but for me... The most eventful thing in video games has been the Steam Summer Sale ending. <laughs> the games that I picked up from it. Um, I've been playing Thief 1, the game from 1998, if that tells you enough about like what is interesting that is happening in games right now. Yeah. I hate to admit it, but I am playing and enjoying Fallout New Vegas. Hey, there you go. Why do you hate to admit that? Because she know, can't be wrong? Um, or- I... I can be wrong. Okay. It just, I, it sucks when you, you're like, I hate this thing for a really long time, and then you maybe don't. It just, you know. You mean just yeah. like with Death Stranding, and just like with Red Dead 2, and I'm noticing a pattern Wait, here. So you didn't finish that game. You also spent like $400 on Death Stranding and haven't. That's, I did not spend that much on Death Stranding. Are you kidding me? Anyway, I would like to say, <laughs> with the lack of news thing, that um, we're not going to talk about it, but a few notable streamers have. Um, since our last episode, also committed suicide. Mm. And I know that's important news, but none of us know about these people enough to feel comfortable or confident speaking about them. But it's not something that has gone unnoticed. In. Absolutely, right. yeah. If you're feeling that way, please get help. Let someone know. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's And there's been a lot of people, more people are coming out and talking about the abuse they've faced in the games industry and like peripheral media, so like streamers and like journalists and things like that. Um, right. So that's still happening. That hasn't stopped, and that's important to yeah, to know. Just because we don't like talk about all of that stuff doesn't mean that it's not happening, and right. that we're pretending it's not happening. It's all, it just there's a lot of it. It's all excellent ground to cover, and you're right. We're not we're not by any means, and have never claimed to be a, a comprehensive mm-hmm. news report. So let's um, change our name to the comprehensive news <laughs> report. Yeah, that can be the Seek episode title. The accounts of people involved and. You know, we would urge you to look into those. Yeah. 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 Not to like whiplash the mood, but no, I did. Did that. you get anything in the summer sale, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> um, did I? I'm trying to remember actually. You got? Didn't you get Battle for Bikini Bottom? That wasn't on sale. That was that was a while ago that I got that. I never got yeah. to talk about it during I... the the show, but I did play a little bit of that, the remake. Um, mm-hmm. not a whole lot to say about it. It's fine. It's a licensed platformer. I'm not sure why yeah. people like it so much. 
if I'm being I really completely honest. I really the uh, commercial they put on the Steam page. I don't know if you guys watched, oh, but... I've seen that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, it's so wildly over-sentimental that, like, it, it just... I don't even know if I like it or if I hate it. It's, it, it makes it very out, clear who the target audience is. They're not, it says, they're not selling this to kids who are watching Nickelodeon Saturday mornings on Spongebob. Right. They're selling this to people like me who grew up with this game and Spongebob as an IP, right? For, for audiences that don't know this, this absurdly emotionally manipulative commercial game <laughs> with a slide that says the year 2003 and shows a kid in a room with a yellow Spongebob GameCube controller playing Battle for Bikini Bottom and then flashes forward and says the year 2020 and it's him with a yellow SpongeBob PS4 controller playing Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. And his wife and, and his child. He passes child, it and the camera yeah. reveals that he's his sitting next son? to his daughter. Oh! Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and then it just plays, like, a bunch of clips from SpongeBob and shows this family just so, just so in love and so happy. <laughs> yeah. And this game is the sole source of their that happiness. It is single-handedly the dumbest shit I've ever heard, but also... <laughs> know if i had watched that i would have cried you, and you, you just never even played the original but you'd be so like I'd be yeah. so, my heart would be hey i watched the show i know yeah, yeah. that's fair yeah i thought um, it was a, i thought it was a cute little commercial thing i'm surprised that it was emotionally manipulative but you're not wrong if that like, makes sense listen, it's 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 literally the exact same commercial as the one that final fantasy or uh, sorry square enix not the company final fantasy yeah used for <laughs> Um, Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, the mobile game, where it starts with, like, a dark room and says, like, 1997, and it's, it's like, a, or no, it says, like, 1991, and it's a guy playing Final Fantasy 1 on a, on a Famicom, and then it fast-forwards to him with his family playing on the phone, and the music swells up, and, no, oh, you know, it's just so, what a wonderful yeah. thing. Video games, Video they bring games. us all together, <laughs> they, <laughs> they solve it, they solve all the problems. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of new video games, yes. I played a match of Overwatch yesterday. Did you really? <laughs> Hit yeah. new game. What happened? Yeah, How's it changed? So, um, <clears throat> well, I... Okay, let me tell you guys a thing about me and yep. video games on the personal computer. I don't like it when people are mean to me. I don't. I cry easily. <laughs> I can't handle people. I don't get on voice chat because I don't want to hear that girl bullshit. That's, I and, love it when people are mean to me. I'm surprised. <laughs> that's my favorite thing is when um, people are just needlessly cruel hey some people like it but um, <laughs> in any case i practiced against bots but i did the best yeah, yeah. so okay. but also yeah. i felt guilty immediately afterwards when i remembered that i hate blizzard and that i don't support their business and yeah. that i shouldn't be playing their games yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that's how slow um, video games are right Listeners, now. Listeners, refer the point. to episode 11, the Blizzard incident, <laughs> for Janelle's takes Re- on Blizzard. Refer to my first episode. Yes. I hate yeah. it. Oh, yeah. God, no, it's a, a great episode. I was so nervous. You don't even know. Yeah. It was horrible. I had a horrible stomach. You, you did fine. Yeah. It was terrible. Well, in, in, in lieu of uh, games coming out, how about we hit them with the news? Alex. I worked news? on it. Did you guys? Do you guys notice that I, I practiced my my dudes? Yeah, you did. I did notice that. Wonderful. Thank dudes. you. you, you Thank you. I'm glad you appreciate job. Yeah. I'm glad you appreciate my dudes. My dudes. What's happening in the news, Alex? Uh, so there's this little company. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Epic Games. They made this little indie game called uh, uh Fortnite. I, don't I think, think. ever brought up Fortnite without using this joke. That sounds epic. <laughs> and it's funnier every time. It sure is. 
Um, yes, Epic Games. What's but Epic Games? Done? Epic Games actually got a two hundred and fifty million dollar investment from uh, Sony Entertainment, the uh, oh. makers behind the guys behind PlayStation, the guys mm-hmm. behind PlayStation, the, the PlayStation Sony. brand, Sony. Yeah, um, right. Which I thought was really interesting. So they clarified in this Venture Beat article that like nothing's going to change with Fortnite. It's still going to be multi-platform and cross-compatible, but Sony wants a little bit of Epic Games's like collaborative efforts i think is what they they suggested like well, kind of like a fo- it, can we you're doing them a huge service by putting it that way because the exact yeah. language that they use is the deal is important for sony because it needs allies in the upcoming console war wait really? is yeah. that what the article says yeah oh, that's, <laughs> oh my that's, god that's venture beat writer dean takahashi's wording not <laughs> wait not that's dean takahashi oh, oh yeah, my yeah, god yes, that is, is dean is takahashi yeah oh my Certainly. god by him, yeah. Listener, if you want to know an idea of Dean Takahashi, go ahead and look up, um, just search, like, Journalist Cuphead, and you'll find it. You'll find a lot of, like, people hating on game journalists for some reason, but if you're lucky, you'll find a clip of this guy playing a very obvious tutorial level in the video game Cuphead unbelievably badly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, it, listen, it's a funny clip, a, but I, yeah. I, I want to I wanna clarify that, uh, well, okay, I can't speak for you, but Emerald Gamescast isn't out here equating journalistic skill to... <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I sure Let's, am. This, this man is clearly a good writer because he continues to put out good writing, but um, it doesn't take away from that clip being yes. really funny. Jeff, so, journalist so. Jeff Grubb is friends with him and has defended him. Jeff Grubb's a cool yeah. guy. Um, when, 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 that, when that case got to the extent of people saying that he should be removed from his job and yeah that's insane that was far too much uh come on people just enjoy a funny video on the internet and just give it a heart on twitter you know you don't you don't gotta i literally didn't realize that was him until just now that's insane but yeah anyway so 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 epic games here's, here's what i think is interesting about this if you look at the things that uh tim sweeney says and and i mean most any of them um it's it's really clear that the ceo of epic tim sweeney is a very ambitious person and um i don't know how much money fortnite rakes in per day but i'll bet you that 250 million is is in the long run i mean is that really a, a very big sum for, for Fortnite? Fortnite in 2019, according to... How much did it bring in, Janelle? You just looked um, it up. $1.8 billion. In 2019, $1.8 billion. I mean, so it's this, important this is, to this note... Less than, a, less than a quarter of their hey, yearly revenue. Hey, this isn't about video games, but if, if Sony donated $250 million to the students of the University of Oregon, most of us wouldn't have crushing student yeah, loans. Yeah. So thanks, Epic. The, but in any case, you're right, Nolan. Yeah. Like, what is that going to really... Well, okay, here's 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 the thing. And the reason I bring it up is because um is this a move for Sony to get more involved in like having Epic on their cuz like Sony's strategy has has in the past generation at least focused on exclusivity with games. And I I don't do you think that this okay, and in a statement, Sony CEO Kenichiro Yoshida said that Epic's tech keeps it at the forefront of game development, blah, blah, blah. That's in the article here. Um, what's Sony's stake in it? I'm sure it's something. 
we don't know. I'm more interested in Tim Sweeney's take because I want to talk about what he said at the end of the article. Um, he said that he wants to make the metaverse. Uh, he said, is it, okay, he says, Epic Games didn't say what it would use the money for, but it's a good bet the company will continue to make acquisitions, invest in its Epic Games store, expand Fortnite, and drive toward the creation of the metaverse. The universe of virtual worlds that are all interconnected, like in novels such as Snow Crash, Ready Player One. Oh, I don't like that. That is one of his goals. Oh, yikes. Here's the thing. As much as I don't like the comparison to Ready Player One, and I don't like Ready Player One as a whole, like, I get what he's trying to say here, because, like, Fortnite has... I know how much you love this phrase, Janelle. Had their fingers in a lot of pies. They have been featuring, like, exclusive documentaries and, like, having screenings of, like, actual films... They have been, like, collaborating with other, like, multimedia yeah. outlets. So I, I get that. Didn't they show that new Christopher Nolan movie in Fortnite? Uh, a trailer. For yeah. Time. Oh, God, just a trailer. And Fortnite, they yeah. showed, in only in America, they showed uh, Inception uh, for, like, one night only yeah. on Fortnite. Um, but, like, yeah, they did that. I, they showed, they showed it, actually, over July 4th, they showed a uh, a documentary about, like, the black this diaspora this dysphoria oh. um in america which was a very interesting i don't want to i'm sure the fortnite community handled that very very well as all gamers are known to do when it comes to race um yeah, but like, that it's worth noting the fortnite community is so wildly large now that we can't i think we're past the point where we can refer to them as a monolithic whole because it's mm-hmm. it's look it's like it's the, the biggest, biggest video game in the world the yeah, like, yeah. I don't know how true this is, but I have it on good authority, which is the internet, that middle school kids say that Fortnite is out. They don't play it anymore. What, what do they play, play now? now? Oh, God, I don't know. Minecraft? No. that's Minecraft is out, whether you what guys if, want it to be or not. Minecraft is out with the middle school kids. What is doomed to be a continual cycle of Fortnite, Minecraft, popularity? Oh, God. Well, it always has been. Everyone's trend chasing all the time. That's part of the industry, right? Here's, here's, here's all I'm trying to say, is that uh, $250 million not a paltry sum. However, for Fortnite maker Epic Games, uh, they're they're clearly raising money with with uh, with with goals. All I'm saying is Fortnite makes so much money that this looks more like a boon for Sony than it does for Epic. And so I'm really curious. Oh, absolutely. What we yeah. we we will almost inevitably have more news to report on some kind of Sony Epic collaboration in the near future. I think this is really more of just a calling card. Like, hey, uh, look out what might come they've yeah. also they also have a a wildly high uh, ownership from chinese company tencent mm. that will play into this too i think it's like 40 uh, percent right f- yeah 40 percent sony only has uh less than two percent right yeah, now they bought a very small so they they don't have a very big um cut but i mean keep your eyes on it yeah that unreal 5 demo was shown on the PlayStation 5 reveal. So, so the triangle one. The triangle yep. one. So could it be that the uh, Unreal 5 engine will be PlayStation exclusive for a time? No way. Oh, maybe for a time. No, maybe. This, this does say for that a this short isn't going to be about like exclusives or anything. It does? Yeah. Um, okay. No, Christ, I lost it. Well, it does. <laughs> Believe yeah. me. Do you guys think so. that that game that was in that demo will ever be a game? No. No, yeah. So. No. I don't think so. Yeah. I think I said this when we recorded it, but I think it's important to look at those demos with a grain of salt, and that means, like, not expect... Also, that also means not expecting whatever you're seeing to be a product, you know? It's called a tech demo for yeah. a reason. Um, and I mean, heck, maybe. It's like I said in that episode, too. It's like, 
Um, God, what is that? Uh, the game with that. Detroit. The... Detroit became a game. Yep. You Based know? off a tech demo. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, but or something. Like I that. would be Clara. It's called. I'd be surprised. Yeah. 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 Well, listen. All we're saying is keep an eye out for Tim Sweeney's metaverse. Because it may, it may, it's going to, it's going to change the world. It is. Tim Sweeney's metaverse. Tim Sweeney's metaverse. Write that down. Uh, okay. We all know and love our, our favorite friend, Jeff Keighley. Probably talked about him. He's probably the second most talked about figure on the Emerald Games guy. Probably. I'd love to see statistics. (laughs) It's, it's your boy, the head of Sony Indie, whatever. Shuhei Yoshida. Shuhei Yoshida, yeah. One time. Bullshit. You've talked about him every day, all the time. It's like, I, you call me in the middle of the night, like, hey, you want to talk about Shuhei Yoshida? (laughs) It's true. Just because episode 32 is called Shuhei Yoshida, colon, king of indies, does not mean (laughs) that I am... A big Shuhei Yoshida fan. Jeff Keighley, though, we do have mixed opinions on the man. We talk about him a lot. But he was involved in a uh, a pretty high-profile documentary when Half-Life Alex came out called The Final Hours of Half-Life Alex. He's done those for a couple games, uh, hasn't he? Like, he did one for Portal 2, he did one for one of the Tomb Raiders, and then he did one for, uh, uh, what was the game with the wall running and the robots? He does uh, these these pretty substantial like multi part multi documentaries um, um, of of the dev studios in the lead up to big releases and a lot of the times they give him you know Jeff Keighley has a lot of pedigree so there's a lot of information that gets in these documentaries that doesn't go elsewhere um, kind of like kind of like no clip with Danny O'Dwyer you get a lot of information from these documentaries that yeah. they're, they're not putting out into dev diaries or anything. But um, in this one about Half-Life Alex, uh, he talks about a lot of games that Valve had worked on in the past that were canceled or otherwise abandoned. And yeah, I'm just going to go down the list real quick and then we can talk about them after. But just to bring the audience up to speed, we have Half-Life 3, of course, um, which was going to be a thing alongside Left 4 Dead 3, which Mm. apparently was going to be an open world game. A game called, well, a codenamed game called RPG, which doesn't have a name, <laughs> but they says would be drawing inspiration from Elder Scrolls, Dark Souls, Monster Hunter, was potentially going to be like an episodic kind of release and might feature a Dota character. Um, ah. This game called ARTI, which was going to be a, a, a lighthearted voxel-based game that allowed for open-ended destruction and creation. So, I mean, that one doesn't sound too original. We got Minecraft. SimTrek, it's a VR game developed by members of the Kerbal Space Program team. Uh, a Half-Life themed VR shooter, which sure sounds like the prototype not for into Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another Half-Life VR game called Borealis, which would be led by writer Mark Laidlaw, notable because he worked on the first two Half-Life games along with Eric Wolpaw, um, and it would be kind of sounds like would be sort of a return to form follow up on half-life 2 uh another new left for dead game codenamed hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> hot dog. which was intentionally called hot dog so that hot nobody dog. could guess what it was hot dog get your hot dog, hot dog. to make a vr headset called vader Oof. but the team estimates it would have cost five thousand dollars per unit <laughs> 
So they didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like how Tim Sweeney in that article said the metaverse technology is three years away, but then he said that it's been commercially proven doable with tens of thousands of dollars per unit. <laughs> and you're like, hmm, Tim Sweeney. A common <laughs> man would like a word with you. <laughs> I think what's really interesting about this is that, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but do you know Valve's uh, policy with games for a long time was that they... I think that what they the actual thing that they said was work on whatever makes you happy, right? Yeah. Valve Projects was in general. Yes, Valve was very free form, loosey goosey, hippy dippy with their uh, with their development style, which was really really cool. Until you realize, oh wait, we need to put out a game, right? It yeah. comes to the point where you can't coast on Steam revenue forever, and if you're having people all working on separate projects, you're not really going to get a lot done. Um, so unfortunately, I think that idea is kind of dead in the water, and now they're focusing on more solidated ideas. And maybe they'll come back to this. I would, I think, I think Left 4 Dead 3 would do really well in this current environment. Like a co-op shooter like this would be yeah. really, really nice. Um, they're going in on VR. Um, mm-hmm. There's been rumors of a Dota RPG for many years. I guess that is the RPG that would have had a Dota character. Well, um, I mean, Riot has been making several single-player League of Legends uh, adjacent games with yeah, characters. Apparently, um, from... Yeah, Riot is at a similar thing, too, where, like, they have, like, little in-house game jams and are like, let's work on something else. Let's try and yeah. see what we can do. And that was what became Valorant, was, like, a CSGO-like, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's... I think this is really, really interesting. And just as a really quick aside... I know how much shit I give um, Jeff Keighley, but, like, the documentaries that he puts out like this, the, um, oh, what are they called? Um, final Hours. The Final Hours documentaries yeah. are really, really good. Um, he's Very only done, like, f- he's only done, like, five of them, but if, if you've played any of the games that he's done, check out these documentaries. They're super, super cool. Yeah. They're, like, interactive, too, so they're, like, they have, like, gameplay elements, um, and they're really well done and interesting. Um, yeah, they're oh. they're awesome. Yeah. J- Jeff Keighley is doing some weird stuff but he has a history as a journalist and that's where he came from and he he does it really it shines when he does real journalism yeah yep yeah um Um, i i gotta invoke my favorite giant bomb man jeff gersman here um who often repeats when talking about games that were you know at once in talks or in pre-production um he he likes to say Everybody's talking all the time. Basically, yeah. Valve probably has dozens of games that were planned and never got past the early production phases because everybody is having ideas all the time. You know, um, people will say like, "Oh, so uh, you know, Guerrilla Games is in talks with, uh, you know, X Studio." talking about making like a new bmx game or something and they're like maybe so there could have been one yeah they're talking about it for sure yeah like it there's a lot of these stories that there was a there was a batman game that was in pre-production that was going to be like batman but in a steampunk victorian london and uh but when you actually look into it it was was basically it was concept art and like a pitch yeah yeah so we we have no way of knowing well, we do actually. If you watch the documentary, <laughs> is we 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 have no way of knowing like the extent of other things that that Valve has worked on. Yeah. Even if they didn't have an official Half Life Three project, they've they've probably been like thinking about it for ever. 
So yeah, man, wouldn't you just love to be a fly in the wall on a studio like yeah, that? Like, yeah. Like what? Like Bethesda is working on Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six, but how many things have they talked about and yeah. spitballed? You know, mm-hmm. how many cities could Fallout Four have been set in before it was Boston? Stuff like that. I would love to know. Oh yeah. 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 You mentioned the idea that like people are always working on things. Yeah, that you're you're absolutely right. Also, like rumors get around. Like I mentioned earlier, yeah. I had heard rumors of a Dota RP, like a single player Dota RPG for for a long time. Yeah, that's just you know, when you're playing like leak telephone, that gets that yeah. stuff gets around. And of course, there was yeah. that really famous reveal a few years ago from a former Valve writer where he he basically wrote in code a synopsis of his plot to Half Life Three. Do you remember that? That was just like a year or two ago, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was uh, Eric, yeah. Eric, Eric Wolpaw. Really yeah, yeah. Online, the plot of Half-Life episode. And one. it was written in this weird, like, hard to read, like, it was not in, like, a secret code, it was in English, but, like, letters were misplaced, and it, just to make it, to make it, like, just a little bit harder to, to find out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things like that are really interesting to me, because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, things got this far along. And yes, things are always, people are always talking, but right. sometimes people are also working. How well, far did Half Life like, get along? Yeah, yeah. And and when it gets really interesting is when things have assigned writers and they have like actual designers creating things working along. Um, I know that if you talk to a lot of game designers, they'll tell you that they work on things uh, and spend a lot of their time working on them that are a coin toss of whether they even go into the game. Um, you know, like uh, so it happens. Yeah. All time, it's all very confusing. But uh, that aside, though, I wish they would have made Left 4 Dead three, or at least would, because you're so right. And also, it's an open world game that said set in Morocco. That could be that really sounds cool. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very cool. different setting for the series. You Left 4 Dead fan, Janelle? No. You like it? You I mean like you ever played it? Like a bit, and like, yeah. like years and years ago. I'm sure I'd have sure. fun playing it with you guys. Sure. But like, it's a very nice, simple game to like pick up and play. I think it's really, really yeah. good at that. So they could price it at like I don't know, forty bucks and minimal to no microtransactions. I think that game would do pretty damn well for itself. Yeah. Um, there was a time when Valve was pioneering different genres, and every time they did it, they nailed it. And I just. I know that millions of people have talked about this, but it's a minor tragedy that Steam supposedly induced them into this coma of just letting money pour over them and not having to <laughs> really do, you know, I'm obviously it takes a lot of work to run Steam and Valve, but it's a little bit different than developing. It's it's yeah. it's administrative work, right? They're not yeah. having to creatively push themselves. Or if they well, are, I mean, they're not they're not finishing the projects. Yeah, what Steam did was they had that it let them support yeah. that do whatever you want, which is yeah. super super cool. But I think you need to be yeah. like eight times smaller than Valve is for that to work. You know, totally. Yeah. Or like I don't know. I think that kind of system could work if you. Mm, okay, could that work if you like had people in groups for specific games, but let them work on whatever they want to within the game? Sure, Something like you like have group A, group B, a group C. More... Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like, you know, this way, Nolan and I talked about this a lot one night, um, about how like, this is part of the reason why Steam has notoriously shitty customer service, because no one <laughs> wants to do that job. Like, yeah. Yeah. like, the free flow thing is really cool in theory, but it can't be, there There has to be somewhere in the middle that's not quite so loose. I see yeah. the logic in it, because like, it, it has a really substantial con, and obviously, like, a substantial list of cons, there's many of them, but... 
But the benefit, I'm sure, is that whenever they do finish a project, there's a reason Valve games are always incredible. Because they don't... Like, you don't get games finished in a studio under that administrative structure unless they are works of passion. Um, yes, absolutely. Which is, which is which is great, but they're, they're this huge, like, 100-plus person studio, and yet they're the modern model of the starving artist trope that isn't starving. Like, they have all of the makings of a creatively blocked uh, artist in, in studio, but none of the financial pressure to ever fix the clog. Mm-hmm. So they just yeah. can just abandon whatever they want to. And, I mean, heck, Gabe doesn't even make appearances in public anymore either so no one even knows well, he's old he i bet he's talking man. about retiring or something he's got to be like what like i don't know how old but he's made enough yeah, money and worked long him. enough that he could retire i feel like yeah i i would if i were him i i completely understand like if you make a game that is critically held as one of the best games of all time i shit i wouldn't want to make a sequel if you make that. a couple games that are the best <laughs> games of all time Wow. Good job, Gabe Newell. But yeah, this isn't just one and done. Gabe Newell and yeah. his team at Valve have made several of the quote-unquote best games of all time. Half-Life yeah. 1, Half-Life 2, Portal 1, Portal 2, Counter-Strike. People would argue Dota, right? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just Dota hit too. after hit after hit. Yeah, well, yeah, Dota 2. Maybe if he hadn't dropped out of Harvard, his company would learn how to finish a video game. Oh, no. <laughs> he can't oh. finish anything, huh? <laughs> well, you know what he can finish is probably the multi-million dollar mansion that he lives in because he's made so much money from Valve. He's worth like Does $4 actually, billion. Dollars. I guess we don't know where he lives. Probably. Well, he, well Valve is in idea. Washington. He grew up in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, Valve is somewhere in Washington. I want to say they're in Bellevue. Wow. Okay, the Forbes lists him as an estimated net worth of $5.5 billion, and he's among the 100 richest people in the U.S. Yeah, it's it's insane. I guess that isn't surprising to me. Huh, um, he's had two cornea transplants. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. <laughs> wow. Are you just, like, reading his, his Wikipedia? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some of his favorite games are Super Mario 64 and Doom. Those are oh, two of the best games of all time. Fan? So. He's an active fan of My Little Pony. That's fascinating. Wait. Anyway, listeners, we're not going to read to you, Gabe Newell. Did he make all those shitty SFM uh, with his engine? All the My Little Pony SFM videos? Probably. That was all him? Yeah. It's all him. Wow. He's made amazing. every video game. Is he going to go pro in that one My Little Pony fan uh, fighting game that became its own IP? <laughs> oh, yeah. We I'm, talked about I'm that a few podcasts ago. Yeah. I keep yeah. hearing that game is fun, but, like, I don't really want to play a My Little... No offense to any of the surviving bronies out there, but, like, I don't really want to play a My Little Pony game. Ever since the massacre, <laughs> times have been really tough, but friendship holds us together. <laughs> <laughs> this summer, one horse. Oh, God. I regret to inform our listeners that this is actually the last episode. We're not going to get to 100. Yeah. Stop here. <laughs> We've been canceled. Not like not like socially canceled, but like minutes of running time. Too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We've been canceled like our show's been taken off the air. Not like symbolically canceled. We haven't done any crimes yeah. or bad things. Well, yeah. we're all angels forever. <laughs> before the show is off the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we promised everyone last week that we would talk about the best game of the glorious year 2003. We did. And year it's... of the Iraq War. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and good video games. <laughs> Hell yeah, it was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four, no question. That's all I'll say oh, on the matter. Geez. All right, so you're 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 gonna say Pro Skater Four? Yeah, of course you I am. You want to talk about it? There are three games I talk about on this podcast, okay. and that's one of them. <laughs> you're like, I like Crash Bandicoot. I like Pro Skater. I like Crash Bandicoot Pro Skater. Oh fuck! Holy shit! It's not real. No. What about what about like a VR <laughs> Crash Bandicoot no. skateboarding game? Wait, where did VR come from? Where you can only see Steam, dude. Steam, bro. What it's the a, future. What about okay. a VR Crash Bandicoot game where you can only see backwards, but you have to run forward? Wow, that yeah. sounds that sounds almost as fun as regular Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> oh god, this reminds me of um, I was at the Kotaku split screen panel at PAX 2017, and Jason and Kirk were talking about how like VR just isn't at that place yet where it's going to like take over the entire video game industry like people thought it maybe would in 2017. This is a total tangent. I'm sorry, but I remember <laughs> this one dude standing up who looked exactly how you think he would. He was like, actually, VR is really going to take off in the next couple of years, and you guys might not see it yet, but that is going to be, that's going to take over the entire video game industry, and he talked for a really long time about it. And he's saying this to experts, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know, just came to mind. I have a quick question. doing okay. I have a quick question, Janelle. Uh, Why is it not the other game that you talk about, uh, Silent Hill, and Silent Hill 3 came out this year? Oh, because Silent Hill 3 isn't even the best Silent Hill game. But Why not? is it better than, do you like it? Is it just like an outright bad one? I don't know anything about Silent um, Hill, so. I personally think that the first half of that game is fantastic and the rest of it kind of sucks. Okay. So like, that's why I tend to say that there are two and a half good Silent Hill games. Is that a popular opinion? No. Okay. I think people like three. But people I've, do like three. Yeah. It has, here's my thing. I'm not going to go into this big time because I'll go off, but. Cult stuff in video games can be really interesting and really good. Um, Resident Evil seems to do it really well. But sometimes cult stuff is just bad and lame and kind of cheesy. And the first two games don't really... I guess the first one does. But they don't focus on this cult thing as much as just like how creepy Silent Hill is. Right? Mm. So when half halfway through the game it goes nutso and then you give birth to Jesus, it's like pretty lame wait do you mean, do you mean like a like a metaphorical no. messiah figure or like literally <laughs> you jesus give birth to jesus nazareth yeah man whoa the one and only wait nice. how, how does the game denote that does a character like go no it jesus. Just, just play it i guess okay watch a cutscene symbolism is a thing nolan there can yeah. be subtext well that's well that, no they that, like that's, directly that's say it, it was a metaphorical, oh okay like, it's not. representation of the messiah or if it was literally jesus it's, it's literally. just literally jesus yeah, Hashtag literally Jesus. That sounds but wildly heavy-handed. The beginning of that game, you really got me started here. The beginning of that game <laughs> is rad because you start in a creepy old abandoned amusement park, and that is so my shit. And then yeah. you fight yourself there later. It's so cool. And then it just goes bad. Like Ocarina yeah. of Time with Shadow Link. But yeah, but Shadow but Heather. You're like a teen girl in a white vest, like, fighting. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, no, that game's not the best of that year. It's not even in the top ten, probably. Let's see. Wow. So what was it again? What was your actual one? Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. In fact, I'd put Silent Hill 3 below the war. <laughs> below the, Silent Hill 3 was a worse product of 2003 than the beginning of Project Iraqi Freedom. That's what Mel said today on episode 33. Wait, did Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4 come out? It did. You're right. It did. My bad. I saw Underground and was just like, "Wait, they would release two in one year? What?" Wait, damn. That's a uh, that's a good year for Tony. 
I guess Tony was really doing it that year. Yeah, Nolan, what about Tony you? Had a good time. Yeah, uh, do you do you want to go first? Me? Yeah. So I thought about it for a minute, and I had a really hard time. And then when I looked at the list, I was like, "Oh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire came out." So for me, it's mm. it's that one. Um, this is far from the best Pokemon game. I think it's actually one of the weakest. I know that too much water is like a funny meme everyone likes to say, but it's true. When half of the map is the same landscape, it gets not that interesting. Um, yeah. But I do think yeah. that it innovated a lot. Um, I think it looks gorgeous and it still sounds pretty damn good. I know the, the trumpets are also a meme because the the sound font or the 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 sound chip and the sound font played through the uh, Game Boy Advance sound a little tinny, so it all sounds like like brass horns. Um, but I think it's sure. a I think it's a pretty solid game, and I think it's my favorite one that I played that year. Um, an honorable mention was a game called Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. Uh, which is that was from 2003. That was 2003. That was 2003. I always thought that that game was from like 99. No, no, this game came out. It looks uh, so old. It came out in in collaboration with uh, the third Jurassic Park movie, actually. Oh wait, wait a second. I have it confused with that uh, experimental first person Jurassic. Park <gasps> oh, movie. Trespasser. Um, yeah, yeah, I had it confused. Yeah, Trespasser, that. I think, was 99, because that was the second movie. Um, but Trespasser is a bad video game. Don't play that God, one. Trespasser is not just a bad video game. That's, like, even for the time, that's a problematic video game, Yeah, too. yeah. Uh, listener, in Trespasser, you can... The, the character's health is denoted by a changing tattoo on the female player character's cleavage, which you can angle the camera down to look at to see what your current health is. Yeah, her you left breast, I think it is. down her shirt to see what your health is. Yep. Uh, I love video games. Yeah. It also, <laughs> they tried to do a physics engine before Half-Life 2 did and failed spectacularly. Yeah. It was really bad. Big bad. Yeah. What were you going to ask, Janelle? What's yours? You guys are, I'm pretty peeved. But I need to see what you say before I can okay. complete the piece. I have no idea what Nolan's is going to be, <clears throat> so I want to know. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, this is a really tough year for me because I don't actually have a game from 2003 that I consider particularly important to me. Um, That's fair. So That's for this year, I think the closest I could do is go down to, like, from the notable games, which... which did I most enjoy playing um and it's kind of weird and uncharacteristic for me but uh this may have been peak Tom Clancy game time sure um with Rainbow Six 3 which is the best single player Rainbow Six and the uh the really quite good original Splinter Cell which I I really like but I do need to, like, qualify again that it's not at all a notable game to me. So if I were to go into mode two of how I'd select this game and pick the game that I believe to be the best from this period, mm -hmm. but with the caveat that I didn't play this game, it would probably be Morrowind. Yeah. Um, but that's not a but, game. But I you didn't play with it. With any, like, I, I didn't play it, so I can't say, but I know that I would like that game if I did play it at the time. But you didn't well, play it. I, exactly. That's why I'm saying Splinter Cell. I was okay. going to pick Morrowind, but that actually came out before that. It's just that the Game of the Year edition of Morrowind came out in 2003. Uh, so even then, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
then then yeah, I guess I guess it's Splinter Cell, man. We literally <laughs> talked at the beginning about how Battle for Bikini Bottom came out in two thousand and three. Yeah, and neither yeah. of you fucking chumpos even had the audacity to mention it. Are you kidding hey, me? That but, game is not but, like spectacular. It's fine. Sure, but uh, but you like we really opened that up for you guys to come back to it. But in any case, can we talk about a game from that year that I've never played but got announced? A couple years ago, and I think it's fascinating that it'll never come out. Yes, but real uh, quick though, honorable mention to a game that holds up really well from '03 is Knights of the Old Republic. That oh that yeah yeah is great yeah. But I played that game in like 2019, and I didn't finish it. But that game I also never well. finished That's it. Yeah. Peak Bioware, arguably best Bioware. Give it give it a try. Okay, yeah. so we're recording this on uh, July 10th. There is going to be a announcement, like a video presentation from Ubisoft. Uh, on Sunday, uh, which is the twelfth, I think. Do you think that we'll get it there? Will we see it? Nope. Nope. I Probably not. Yeah. Yes. Oh, really? Yes, okay. Yes. If if I'm correct, we haven't seen a single thing at all since it was announced at E3. Was that 2018? 2018? I, I want to say like 2017 yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. I want to well, say like, we, we saw something last year, but it wasn't much, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. It might have just yeah, been like I, some assets or something. I really want to say yes, we will see that game, but realistically, I think that they will linger on Giancarlo Esposito's character in Far Cry 6 for, like, half of the conference, and then they'll show a Just Dance game and more gameplay from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and yep. maybe, like, a Ghost Recon Breakpoint DLC. What about the, uh, the British Watch Dogs? What about what? Oh, Watch Dogs 3, Ninja. yeah, oh. or whatever they're calling it. You, you know what? That We, we might actually see more of that. They, We're definitely going to see more of, the of that. Character classes, um, and they, I think that's a, a shoe-in, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely going to be there. Maybe we should just change this whole podcast into a Better Call Saul podcast and just talk about things <laughs> that... What's his name? Giancarlo Esposito? Yeah, let's just talk yeah. about things he's in. podcast to talk specifically about the clip that Ubisoft tweeted of him just sucking on a cigar against, like this tropical island background in the midst of a civil war and that was cool That's as hell peak far cry right there um peak far cry i have not it literally looks like far cry yeah. 2 so far i have not actually seen oh i wanted to go back to africa that'd be a cool setting anyway um that would be yeah i have not seen uh better call saul or uh breaking bad because i'm a, a bad film student but i have seen the mandalorian and he's very scary in that so if he's, he's yeah he is he's yeah. uh and he's very very good in it he's one of the best he characters. Is terrifying in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. He's yeah. incredible. So he's he is the perfect Far Cry always has really cool enigmatic villains. He is the perfect yeah. one for that. Um, My understanding is the villain from Far Cry Five is also a character in Better Call Saul. Oh really? Uh, the actor? Yeah. Yeah. Oh really? It's, it's uh, Nacho. No, that's he's in that Far Cry three. Three. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Voss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Voss played by. I've never Michael played. Mondo, I've never played these games. Oh, Far Cry. Yes, Far Cry's uh, a lot of fun. You might like it. I don't know. It is. Yeah. It. Listen, listener. Okay. Hot take. Best Far Cry. Far Cry two. Don't at me. Yeah, but malaria though. Hmm? Listen, Alex. For context, listen. there's a there's a game mechanic where you uh, the player character gets malaria at the very start, and you have to constantly try to find malaria pills to make sure you don't die during the game. It is like constant upkeep, huh. and it's not fun. Want, we we don't we don't have time. We sure don't. So but <laughs> into this debate, but my my one sentence uh, rebuke to that is that I like 
frustrating game mechanics if they are in service of the texture and force you to pay attention to the world. Um, if that's at the cost of player convenience, if it adds the sense of being there, I'm for it. But there are cases where it totally does not work. I will name drop Horizon Zero Dawn as an example where it doesn't work, and I will explain no further. That's episode 33. <laughs> you got anything you want to say? I'm staunchly no. anti-malaria. In real life I... and in Far Cry 2. Look, I don't see any harm in killing all mosquitoes. Well, I mean, they're important for the environment. How? I, I My understanding is that they aren't at all. That's so blatantly not true. I, okay. <laughs> at what point could time. you just take something out of the ecosystem? Tune in next time. Yeah. Tune in next time. That's when Animal Games Cast. All mosquitoes are dead. If you want to email your opinions on mosquitoes and your favorite mosquito-based enemy design in <laughs> a video game, like, for example, a 3D platformer like Crash Bandicoot, then you can do so at emeraldgamescast at gmail.com. If you want to talk about Mr. Mosquito, the <laughs> Japanese import PS2 game where you play as a mosquito. Dude, that game fucks. That game's awesome. That, but not on our email. That one you're going to have to send to us on Twitter, which is at ODE Gamescast. Um, yeah, that's your homework audience. Sure Takes you on mosquitoes. Sure. I've been Nolan. With me has been. I'm the green beret on the U.S. Army esports team who bans people from talking about war crimes. Yeah, Janelle's bigger than you. <laughs> Keyboard monster. <laughs> and also, I'm a uh, Wikipedia link to war crimes committed by the U.S. government. I'm Alex. <laughs> and never forget that Janelle likes Operation Iraqi Freedom more than Silent Hill 3. <laughs> she said it on the podcast immortalized on the internet forever. Goodbye, everybody.